Alright guys, we're looking at uh, chapter 3 of Holy Ambition and uh, the Broken Spirit. And this was pretty, this is some pretty amazing stuff. I'm going to try to keep it short. But um, the big takeaway from this was Nehemiah's prayer. Uh, I think that's the part of the chapter I love the most. And, you know, we went through chapter 2, which is the dislocated heart. The view of, or excuse me, how we view the people around us, the world around us, um, the world to which we live in, how, how we view that and uh, what breaks our heart in, in that realm. And the broken spirit is all about how we view God. So uh, th these prayers were just so um, awesome and just kind of overwhelming of how Nehemiah viewed the greatness of his God. And I my takeaway, I guess, was uh, how do I pray? <clears throat> and um, the, it says here, the broken spirit begins with a restored view of God. So looking into myself and finding um, where I'm at right now, how do I view God? Um, and, you know, to what extent is my perspective there? Uh, a broken spirit begins... When we look up from the needs of the creation to see the Creator, a dislocated heart is overwhelmed by the problem, uh, by a problem or a need. A broken spirit is overwhelmed by God. Uh, we won't see the possibility of solutions or the needs of the world unless we see that God is large enough to meet those needs. So, that's what this uh, broken spirit is really all about: is seeing and believing. I, I think. You can see the greatness of God, uh, oftentimes, just in the world in the world around us, and by the things, you know that that we see happen that have to be God, and we can give Him the glory for that. But do we do we believe in the actual? Uh, I mean, just the the realm of how great He really is, and and it's it's like. It's just, it's hard to comprehend all of that and take that all in, but we serve a mighty God. Um, and Nehemiah prayed prayed to a mighty God, and he, he prayed some amazing prayers. Um, and so part of that was that Nehemiah had uh, an accurate view of himself, so we need to have an accurate view of ourselves. Um, and... He confesses, I guess, who he is. Um, an, accurate, an accurate view of ourselves will always lead to confession deep down in our hearts. So, um, yeah, I think that's... we. If we know who we are, there's no way that we can be prideful. <laughs> um, there's, It just like puts us in our place, I feel like. Um, and then we just need to... Then um, kind of skim over our own heart and to just uh, be mindful, I guess, or just understanding of, of who God is and how amazing he is and, and remind ourselves of God's promises. Um, and so I guess that's kind of, I know that's pretty short, um, but that's just, that was kind of my takeaway. I didn't actually underline too much at all in chapter 3. Um, 
just kind of felt like it it um, went a lot with chapter two, two and three kind of melded together maybe a little bit too. But um, so Nehemiah's prayer, I think that I could reread that over and over and over just to remind myself, um, first of all to understand who I am and then who I am in my identity as far as uh, who God is uh, and my identity through that. So awesome stuff. That is uh, my take on my little tidbit and uh, nugget I guess I I pulled from chapter 3. Hey there guys. Um, thank you for your book reports. Sorry mine is a day late. Um, I uh, remembered last night and uh, got in a little later so I didn't uh, take time to do it. But uh, yeah, it... Uh, a wonderful chapter. I don't have the book here in front of me. I'm actually still cutting hay, but uh, I really did enjoy it. Uh, as usual, it's uh, another convicting chapter. And I uh, really liked the thought of a broken spirit. I liked the assessment of it. Even though I, I, uh, I know my view of God is warped, as I know a lot of ours are, but I... Uh, the broken spirit, I have experienced at times when I've realized what God truly has done for me. And then other times I find myself so distracted with busyness of the day that I don't give it the thought that I should and uh, respect and holy, um, recognizing the holiness of who God really is and the greatness of our God. Um, we tend to put them in manageable terms, as I know both of you have alluded to, but I just, uh, I'm sickened by how much I do that. And so oftentimes with this book and the questions comes in the part of, uh, of a dislocated heart and a broken spirit, oftentimes comes down to distracted. My reason for not being, having a dislocated heart necessarily or a broken spirit at times comes down to distraction, preoccupation, and busyness. And uh, and I know that we can justify those things till the cows come home. Uh, the busyness, the the thoughts about um, what we need to be doing uh, as far as with our families and what we ought to be doing in our devotions, and we tend to start viewing God as a as a cosmic cop. At least I do at times, making sure I do X amount of minutes in my devotions. And I know that's not who he is. And uh, in David's 51st Psalm and uh, Nehemiah's prayers as well, it uh, they didn't view God that way at all. And, uh, and at times in my life when the Lord has led me to a point of absolute brokenness, uh, it is so humbling. And I realize how pathetic it is that I waste so much time and energy on the task at hand rather than on eternal things. And uh, and it really is something I want to do even the task at hand unto the Lord, viewing him as high and holy. Uh, but oftentimes I find myself just distracted with busyness. And, uh, and so this whole book is a call and a challenge to 
call me out of that state of mind. And so I think the only way I can really successfully do it is by the help of the Holy Spirit. And I just really, it is, I guess the chapter two has really spurred me to change my prayers to rather be, uh, God prayers and, uh, praying through the promises in scripture rather than even necessarily the task and the issues of the day, which I know God cares about, but I think I'm so out of balance the other way. I feel like I need to almost do a fast from that kind of prayer and only pray prayers that are God-centered prayers and uh, and make my request known to him at other times. But uh, So that's my take. I appreciate your guys' thoughts and insight. The story of Jeremiah is one of my favorites in the Bible, right along with the story of Gideon. Uh, those are some of my favorites, and I love going through this. I feel it's... Uh, it's one of uh, the the series Chip has done that has impacted me most. And I truly pray and even ask for accountability from you guys to uh, to not be always so consumed with the here and now, but on eternal things. I don't know how you keep one accountable for that, but I uh, it is my earnest desire to be that man. And I know with the Lord's help, we can. And, uh, so, um, yeah, thanks guys. Uh, love you guys. Hope you have a wonderful, uh, rest of your day and enjoy chapter four. Hey guys. So here is my book report on chapter three from Holy Ambition. So, um, that Chip Ingram did a good job of summarizing, uh, the difference between chapter two and three. Um, so chapter two was on a dislocated heart and chapter three was on a broken spirit and he basically said a dislocated heart is when you start grieving and seeing how other people feel and then the broken spirit is to see how God feels basically people focused and God focused and what God's going to use you through that and it was a very humbling chapter um, because laughingly I kind of thought I'm doing pretty good with God um, doing devos here and there when I can and um, boy uh, chapter 3 just talks about our view of God and, and uses that A.W. Tozer quote about um your view on God is the most important thing about you and yeah it was very convicting because that's um, I am totally just using God as a genie in a bottle and uh, the quick fix thing and I am not um, using prayer like he said Nehemiah uses prayer to get an accurate view of God and have God centered prayers and get on board with God's agenda I'm just using him to fit into my agenda so that was really good that was my big takeaway from it um, and I, I I really like how he said um, going to God and getting that accurate view is going to completely humble us and it's going to turn us um, directly to repentance and once we, we repent um, we can start being used by God 
And I also thought he had an interesting definition of pride. I never really seen pride as my way of being self-sufficient. I always kind of took the classic way of thinking of pride as thinking I'm pretty cool or um, you know, I can um, I guess, yeah. So I, I don't know. It, it was a new take on it, being self-sufficient and trying to um, I guess when I talk it out it makes more sense. But I never thought of it that way as, as self-sufficiency, as pride. Um, but I thought that was real good. So for me, it was convicting and humbling and um, I realize that God can't use me when I am not um, relying on Him and getting on board with what He has. So Nehemiah was a good example for that. But that was real good. Um, and I think we should put knowledge of our holy, knowledge of the holy on um, our, one of our next books. So I thought that was good. And I, yeah, just the, the holy part really stuck out to me. Like, that is his greatest attribute because it repeats it three times. Holy, holy, holy. So, looking forward to the rest. I didn't know this one was, you know, I always just thought we were going to do some lighthearted reads, but these are some good books, real thought-provoking, so keep it up.